Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Yen Schiphol. And that's Steve Jones. And Jens, today on the program, we have an artist who shares my same last name, but I don't think there's any relation. Um, oh, Nora? Nora, yes, Nora, my favorite Nora. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big fan. It's actually Tom. It's Tom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm gonna Right. No, no. Tim. 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 <laughs> We're just going to go through all the names. There's a lot We're of continuing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You must be talking about Raquel. I am talking about Raquel Jones. Yes. And uh, Ra Raquel Jones. You know, when I think of Raquel Jones, I think that's a nice, strong Jamaican name. You're right. And uh, Raquel does hail from Jamaica. Uh, she was also mm -hmm. runner-up for uh, Miss Universe Jamaica in 2012, which... Wow, yeah, look at that. We might talk about that briefly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that must have been yeah. an experience, huh? Uh, for her or for me? Both. Probably more for her. <laughs> Probably <laughs> more for her, yes. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she plays with Thievery Corporation, and so we, you know, we'll get into all that here in just a little bit, but Jens... We're winding out 2020. Are you ready for this year to end? Are you just about ready? I'm not 100% certain that this year will end, Steve. <laughs> We're not there yet. Uh, not yeah, no, I I am 99.9% .9 expecting Groundhog Day. That that yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah yeah that that, that 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 when we're all celebrating the beginning of the new year, right? And it's 11.59.59 and the clock changes to 12 and we're waiting for 2020 to become 2021 on the TVs and stuff. What's actually going to happen is that for the first time ever, December will be followed by whatever the 13th month is in 2020. <laughs> And it's just going to be 2021. It's just going to go on and on and on. You've given us some thought. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You, know, we're, uh, you know, what's what's interesting about this, right, is that I think that more people want to celebrate this new year, like in terms of like re being ready, like fucking ready for a new year than yeah. ever before. But better than Y2K or anything we've experienced, right. you know, yeah. but but we we can't you know <laughs> we can't even we'll sit at home and, and do like we do at least those that are responsible will uh and right, right, right. you know fall asleep at seven o'clock or something like that's and to just be like well yeah again i guess yeah. yeah you know you gave me a visual of uh a scene in independence day i remember when that movie first came out and it was just like a ridiculous over-the-top film but it had some hilarious scenes, hilarious scenes, like like the extremists who were welcoming the aliens, right? They were so excited about the aliens and welcome to earth. And they were all like gathered on top of buildings. On top of the building, yeah, to the like, sign, yeah. Yeah, welcome to earth and we love you and whatever, you know? And yeah, yep. of course, yeah. like they're all the first to die when the beam, you know, starts obliterating everyone that's going to be what jumping into 2021 is going to be like it's going to be like more horror yeah there's going to be there's going to be no you know sunrise yeah no you know pandemic and no hatred and 
racism and all this shit. You know, it's just going to be more of the same crap. The, the underlying and... problems are still going to be here, but you know, like, so today was my mom's birthday and I don't talk to her a lot right now, but, um, but I gave her a call. I talked to her for a bit and I told her, you know, honestly, you know, I, I don't follow a lot. I try and avoid a lot of the politics and everything that's on TV, but there's only so far you can avoid it. And I, I told her right. I'd be like, I would watch, you know, if they live stream the pulling the, you know, orange man out of the White House. So like, uh, <laughs> I, 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 that I, would be something. Yeah. Like it just, just like dragging him out because it seems like right now where we're at, that might have to happen. And uh, mm -hmm. it might yeah. be an embarrassment to him, you know, to which she said uh, he's never been told no at any time. Yeah. And yeah. this is one where he's going to be told no. So yeah, that's yeah. true. That, that's going to be fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so uh, Biden starts on the 20th of January, I think. Is that right? Yes, yes. So yes. Uh, there's not much time left for the orange man to continue his tantrum inside of the big white house. Uh, he'll have to go, you know, have his tantrum somewhere else. Yes. Yes. So, so that's, you know that's really the breath of fresh air I'm looking forward to is not. Yeah. That's the one saving grace to just to watch the TV for all the comedy that's going to ensue in his um, what's the word extraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be like the, the the SEAL team number whatever that got Bin Laden. You know, needs to go extract right. his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, did you? So today, talking about winter solstice and today, uh, I mean, did you get a chance to see uh, what is being deemed the Christmas star, but is not actually called the Christmas star? Instead, it is a. Uh, uh, it is actually called what is what is it called? It's a. Um, Saturn. It's a great, great, the great. It's a great conjunction, Jens. Um, there we go. Yes. Did Did you get a chance star, to see that? The stars are aligned. The planets are aligned. No, but I think you did. I saw a little bit of it on the internet uh, yesterday when they were talking about it. But um, no, I uh, you know completely forgot about it. So please <laughs> tell me what it was like. Did you see anything noticeable, or was it just satellites? Yes. Uh, yeah, so we went out to um, to an open area here, like that's that's actually a place where you can go hunting uh, here in Napa, and I mean the closest spot, and um, hiked out like uh, maybe almost a half mile uh, out, um, and just had a little picnic, um, and uh, and then just watched. But um, I mean there were a lot of clouds, so it was hard to see. Mm. But um, I mean we we saw it a little bit. It, it was, I mean, it was hard to see through the clouds and everything. So it wasn't, mm. you know, it wasn't like super impressive, like, oh, ah, sort of thing. It was like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we yeah. saw it and now we can go back, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I don't, or did I ever send you that picture of, I think it was Venus? It was that one day where Venus was so crazy bright. And I was in an area where there weren't any city lights or anything. So it was like extra bright. Mm -hmm. and I don't remember if I sent you that picture or not, but I can imagine it might sure. have been something something like that. I was like, wow, that okay, that's really making a impression. Big bright light. Big bright light, yeah. I mean big it, bright light in the sky. Yeah, I mean it wasn't yeah. Here I don't know if you can all right, you're showing me yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Oh that's a, yeah, that's significant. So you, you, you can't really see two together, but um 
Wow, that is can... significant. Yeah. 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 Was that just one. tonight? And like tomorrow, was... it's not like that. It's only to, it, it's only tonight that you can see it. So you have if to I wait run... like. 800 years or something 800 years yeah you're gonna have to wait like 800 years or something you'll be you'll be around right so if i climb on my roof right now will i see it or is it (laughs) (laughs) i think you might have missed the boat on it because uh it was just during that like hour and a half window so next time next time next time yeah i do i do regret not having uh driven to oregon to see this solar eclipse do you I mean, that's, you know, a bit of a stretch, but the photographs and stuff <laughs> that people brought back from that were just insane. All the weird ass shadows that were everywhere. Mm. Um, wow, it was amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. what can you do? Anyway, yeah. What can you do, Yeah, It's not a lot you can what do. What can you do? Right? So, what would Raquel do? I don't know, we'll have to see, but uh, yeah, that's a good segue, Jens. You think we should bring Raquel in now? Uh, I, I've been working on my segues. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell great. you Raquel, Raquel would do an interview, which she did. She did indeed, yes. And uh, yes, and uh, I think we should uh, bring her in and we'll have a little chat with her. How's uh, how that sound? Sweet, let's do it. All right, here's Raquel. So, so how are you doing today? <laughs> okay. uh, I'm good, how about you? <laughs> Times are tough, huh? <laughs> very strange times yeah yeah I'm, I'm doing i'm doing all right as uh, good as can be expected one day at a time so <laughs> yeah yeah um, cool. yeah so uh so how i mean tell me about kind of how this uh whole you know how covid's treated you how have you been operating through it that sort of thing well um i've just mostly been um just chilling because I've been touring for so long, so I finally get a chance now to just unwind and sit with myself and have like normal days, you know. And then that became a fucking nightmare. Sorry, can I curse? Yeah, you can curse. Go for it. That Be be- yourself. <laughs> that that became a nightmare because now I'm actually sitting with myself, you know, and I have to be with myself. And um, that was interesting, you know, and it was um. It was a profound, it's been a profound experience. And I also got a chance to finally paint because that's another uh, layer to the record that I'm about to put out. So I am, uh, I was working on this exhibit and I finally get a chance to do the painting to go along with the music. Yeah, so tell me about your paintings, what you've been working on. So, okay, so, the record is a concept record. Um, I don't know if you've heard it. You probably heard just sacrilege, a single that was released. But yeah. it's it's a, it's a it's a record that is um is basically addressing different kinds of stereotypes and some issues um, in a very head-on, blatant way. So the paintings are another layer to that that explore these ideas, these um these thoughts through this surrealist new expressionism um, spectrum. And um, there's gonna be a painting for each uh, song on the record. And then I'm gonna do a huge launch on exhibit, yay. Yeah, and how, how long have you been painting? I saw some of your paintings on Instagram and they, uh, I mean, they look pretty, pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. I've been painting probably longer that I've been doing music professionally. I actually went to art school 
Um, so I've always been painting. My my dream was always to find a way to fuse music and uh, visual arts together, and I'm finally getting a chance to do that. But I've always been painting. Yeah. So so you you have a BA in visual communication, right? So that so that mm -hmm. was kind of your focus. Like, how do you how did you kind of uh, go into that? You know, in um, in college, like what where did you want to pay your focus, and and what did that look like for you? shit like <laughs> my i actually flipped the coin <laughs> because i wanted to, i couldn't decide if i wanted to do music or um visual art my parents probably had different plans for me because i was very good in school but as soon as i found out that i could actually study these things and get those fucking degree that people seem to care about I decided, okay, I get to kill two birds with one stone. I get to get this paper that my parents seem to care so much about, and I get to do whatever I wanted. But the college in Jamaica that I went to, they did both music and art. Now, I couldn't focus on both of them at the same time because it was so um, intense to do. So I literally flipped the coin <laughs> to decide what to do. And then at one point, I tried doing both of them together in college. They didn't like that, but um, I, I didn't really want to do graphic design or visual communication per se. I wanted to do what I'm doing now, which was paint, you know, but then I heard, oh, you're going to be a starving artist. So um, you got to make money, sit around a fucking computer all day and listen to clients tell you what to do, has, who've got no idea of what art is and tell you, this is what I want. And I was like, okay, maybe let's just get this paper and then I do what I want to do. And this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. This, are you glad you have the paper now? Or is it just like, okay, well, that was time wasted. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, the, the experience of the wealth of knowledge I gained, which I find is applicable to even my music, wasn't a waste of time. But this fucking idea that you got to get a, a piece of paper and owe thousands of dollars in students' loan is bullshit. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I still have a skill. You know, I'm not doing for a living what I studied in college. So at, what what does the paper mean? Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a line item on my resume now. And you did help me to get to where <laughs> I needed to at work. I, I don't know, you know, but, but uh, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess I get I guess what it is, right, is it's uh, it's telling people that you can uh, go into a thing commit to it and finish it, right? Where a lot of people can't do that. So I guess that's what it is, right? Okay, I completed Shit, we've this, all been committed thing. to, <laughs> man, we, we're still here. We've been committed to the biggest project of all, which is staying alive <laughs> and we're yeah. still here. So I don't see why I need a piece of paper and four years worth of owing the government money to prove to people that I can commit. Like I am here, I'm alive. I never asked to be here and I'm, somehow I'm figuring it out. I think that's all the qualification I need. Yeah, yeah, you, you make a good me. point. <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, so let's take, take me back. So what what music did you listen to? You uh, Did you grow up in Jamaica? Yes, I did. Okay, and so what? tell me about the music um, that you listened to kind of growing up. So, okay, okay, so I grew up in a Christian household, so so gospel music formed the basis of my soul connection to music, my ability to feel music in a very um, spiritual kind of way. But the music that really stole me was, um, I, 
um, Bob Marley's music, Lauryn Hill and Burning Spear. When I heard these people, that was it for me. Like I, I like my senses were heightened in a different way. I felt um, I felt connected to the music in a different way. And um, those are the people I really listened to outside of the gospel. Yeah. Did, did you ever get a chance to meet any of the Marleys or Miss Lauren Hill or, or anything? Um, shout out to my uh, one of my best friend Tara, who works with Miss Hill. She's a um, background singer for her. Like, it, it's not aligned yet for me to meet because when they're on tour, I'm on tour also, and we're never in the same space together. But I feel it will happen eventually. But in terms of the Marleys, oh God, if Bob was alive, I'd find a way. I would find a way. But um, I met a few of the sons before. Yeah, yeah. I, I interviewed Ziggy. Yeah, in years Jamaica ago. is a small community. Oh, dope, dope, dope. I've not met Ziggy. I've met um, Damien. I've met um, Steven and Steven. Julian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I interviewed Ziggy cool. and, and I talked to him about losing losing his father. And he, he told me, he's like, there's no losing my, losing my father. You know, I could talk to him anytime I want. It's just like, it was so powerful, you know? <laughs> we don't lose people to death. People transition. Um, we're only temporarily here in the physical realm. So I don't, I don't buy into that notion either, but I get, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah for sure. So tell, tell me a little bit about uh, Thievery Corporation and how you uh, joined up with them. So um, I was in the studio in Jamaica making this, um, this demo for these people. And I thought it was very sucky. And the studio happened to be at a resort, this very exclusive, um, resort and here comes these people walking in into my session while I'm I was embarrassing myself in the booth that's what I thought and it was Eric Hilton one of the founders of Fever Corporation and his fiance they were on vacation and um that's how I met them uh that's how I met Eric who reached out to the guy who was acting as my manager at the time and sent a track um I sent him back a demo that I did for the track. And next thing I know, I'm on a plane to DC uh, re-recording this this demo that became the lead single off their album in 2017, I think. Yeah, and, so and you've been started. able to you've been able to tour with them as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been touring with them for the past what three, four years. Yeah. So uh, yeah. My... it's been amazing, like Mm -hmm. oh go ahead go ahead you tell yeah tell me about the tour no i'm saying it's it's, it's been um it's been really really amazing and it was a life-changing um experience and now that i'm getting a chance to get, because everything happens so fast now that i'm really getting a chance to sit down and to um to look back and to have all these nostalgic memories and whatever i realize how fucking awesome and just dope all of this was and I, I feel um, blessed to have had that experience. Yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to see you guys live, but um, you uh, played Bottle Rock a couple years ago in Napa. I'm, I'm in Napa myself, Napa, California. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, uh, and my, 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 my girlfriend was like front row for that performance. And so we were, <laughs> we were, talk, we were talking about this interview yesterday and she was going back and she's like, I, I have some pictures of uh, Raquel, you know, and so I'll, sh I'll show you like, Oh my God, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That so show was amazing. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that was pretty cool. So, uh, I mean, what did you, what did you like about that show? What did, tell me about your experience at Bottle Rock. 
Also, my um, other than my outfit, which I loved, um, uh-huh. I remember, I remember um, entering into the venue, and the energy, like that, you know, when you walk into a venue, um, the energy you're gonna get, because you just feel it. It's so palpable, and I felt it. And um, I remember going on the stage, and like the audience just exploding. It was, it was a lot of people. I think Bruno Mars was on another stage. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else was there we were playing everybody was there right like but, <laughs> yeah but the, but the real fans and were Bruno in the was, corporation they were that's why we were so surprised so we went out there we were yeah we went out there and we killed it like we couldn't even hear ourselves properly that people were going crazy it was amazing it was a really great show yeah. i remember that show um, what are some other memorable shows that you've had kind of uh you know around the the states in the states um uh red rocks is always fun to play oh um, okay we got to talk about red yeah, rocks it's probably amazing one of my, yeah yeah i think i think that's my favorite venue <laughs> red rocks um it's always fun to play in dc because that's where it all started for the band and that's where it all started for me too i was where my first show with thievery um was i don't know something about playing in new york at pier 17 too is is very um is a very dope experience for me um but by far red rocks playing in, in red rocks is um one of my top favorite experiences and yeah, i think so we've done that. i've been there for them um twice i think yeah i've talked to so many bands and so many of them mentioned red rocks right so finally i'm like okay last year i i went to red rocks for the first time you know i just i needed to go to the venue and i'm like i don't really care who i see i ended up seeing weird al with the Colorado Symphony, uh, you know, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, was, it was more about being there. I mean, Weird Al's great, right? But uh, yeah. I've seen him a number of times, yeah, but uh, but being in Red Rocks, and I mean, it is such a cr- cra- really cool place to see a show. There's nothing yeah, it's, like it. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And then the smell of the marijuana permeating the air. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit about the the Temple of I and I uh, with with the Recorporation. Um, tell me about your work with that. So, as I was saying, um, I met Eric while I was uh, recording in Jamaica. He reached out through the manager at the time, and he sent me the track. And um, I recorded the demo in Jamaica. Flew to DC in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> And then I was in studio with Fever making music for the next um, three or four days. Uh, two of the songs we made ended up on the, the record. And um, I've been touring with them since. But when I heard the record in its entirety and I saw how um, heavily influenced it was by my culture, by reggae music, you know, by Jamaican um, music, the Jamaican culture, the Jamaican people, I felt so honored to have had the chance to be on that record without even knowing the full scope of um, what it was going to be like. Yeah. Um, and letter to, uh, letter to the editor, like that, I mean, mm-hmm. did you, when you were making that, did you have any idea how, how big that was going to be? I'm sure that really had an impact on No, you. no, no, no. And the thing is, like, I don't think I've ever talked about, I've done several interviews about the um, how it all started with TV, but I don't think I've ever talked about how I made that song. So um, that day, 
when I got sent the track, I was already um, in a space to write because I was in the heart of the ghetto in Kingston, staying by one of my friends and I was um, laying in bed and I, like, I woke up that day, I felt so many, um, I felt heavy because I was feeling so many things. I was thinking about the economy, the government, um, what it means to the people living in this type of situation. And I was like really frustrated and annoyed. So I was basically making notes for my thoughts, right? They yeah. weren't even connected. I was just writing stuff down in my um, notepad on my phone. While I was doing that, I got sent the track. And then I listened to it um, and I was like, oh my God, okay. Um, I don't know how I'm gonna approach this. And I was, I was just, still there trying to figure it out I was in my head and then I was like oh my god I already have the lyrics here I already have the basis on how to start the music I just need to get out of my head and continue writing um about what I'm feeling and that's that's how we did it I had no idea they were gonna use it they were gonna like it matter of fact when I wrote so much that day I gave I wrote like six verses they had to like cut it up and um, cut it down to like uh, three, three verses. Cause I was just yeah. writing like a crazy person. I was giving them enough um, material to use. I had no idea they'd like it. You're in that real creative mode where you're like, okay, I got a lot to put in here. I know we have to fit it into this time frame. Yeah, but... <laughs> I had a whole lot to say. And now I regret it because every time I perform that song, I am so winded because I had too much to say. <laughs> yeah so yeah and so tell me about that i mean your music like i mean you you can i mean rap so fast like was how where did you learn that that talent i mean because it's i think it is really a skill i can't i can't do it don't even ask me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that's uh, so i don't know if it's like a a thought or a skill that came naturally that i just figured out how to tap into or to master but i just know that I feel a lot of things. I have a lot to say. And if I'm going to say it, I need to say it in a very creative way. I need to be profound and I need to be real about it. So um, it, it, it's fun because it's like putting together a puzzle um, when I'm trying to write. But I also want my shit to be so intricate and dope that lines will rhyme with lines and the syllables match up perfectly. It's like doing um freaking physics and math and art and everything in one. But um I also hear um flows and syllables before I hear melodies, you know? So that's that's kind of how it is. Um I don't intentionally intentionally try to rap fast. I just think when I get really passionate in my normal day-to-day, I speak very fast <laughs> yeah. and very intensely. So I think that manifests itself in my writing. And and for you, is it, I mean, are, is it usually like, you know, you need to write first be, before you get into that mode or do you freestyle uh, also? Oh, I suck at freestyle. Like don't ever ask me to freestyle because my thoughts are way too deep and too intricate for me to just get them off the top of my head. <laughs> so I have to be like in a zone to write. I used to I used to create um um 
situations and moods to write in. So producers would give me beats and I'd be like, I have to take it home and I have to light my incense and my sage and I have to go into my little shrine area that I create. But then I have to learn how to tap into that on the spot, not in a freestyle kind of way, but be in a space where I'm able to go into it and to write. So I like writing as opposed to freestyling because I got to see this thing on paper and see how it comes together. Um, and I want to give people something that's such good quality that even when you read my lyrics, it's supposed to be able to be read as poetry, it's supposed to make sense um, too. So I, I take great pride in the fact that I write and I'm not a freestyler. <laughs> not to say people who freestyle is not um, artistic about it because Black Thought is probably my top three favorite rappers of all time. And when he freestyle, he, he, he goes there, you know? But yeah, I write. Yeah, and and so at what point in uh, you know you've been uh, making music I think for over ten years now, right? Um, professionally, I'd, I'd say. And so at, at what point? Yeah, what it's point been in that, that long? It's it's that's my understanding. You tell me. <laughs> time time <laughs> I adds just up, haven't right? thought about it. Yeah. yeah, 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 for real, for real. <laughs> you know uh but uh, at what point did you kind of feel comfortable with the live you know kind of bringing your music live and being on stage in front of big crowds of people so i've been doing it live though but i've been i used to do poetry i used to do poetry with a full band harmony singers and because i was too scared to really do music like i feel it i was too um scared and then it was so different too from what it from what the music in Jamaica, uh, I was I was I was scared to. I started doing poetry, but it's like it wasn't climaxing right. It didn't feel completely right until one day I was just like, "Fuck it!" Like I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna write it how I feel it in my head, how I feel it in my heart, and however it comes out, it comes out. But um, in terms of doing it professionally, oh, I like to take my time. I make sure the situations are right. I'm doing it for the right reasons and under the right circumstances. So I was never in a hurry to be um, on top or to be mainstream or to do any of that. I like to spend time to master my craft and the other crafts I have, you know, and in that I needed to, um, to build my voice to what is it I'm passionate about? What is it I need to say? How do I want to approach it? And I needed time to master that properly I'm still mastering it I mean we never ever fully completely master anything we still learn and we still evolve but I needed that time so I didn't even realize until you pointed it out that it was been over it's like 10 years so yeah I've been um trying to get it right you know yeah it feels like this year alone has been 10 years so I don't <laughs> oh my god it feels like 50 shit right <laughs> yeah uh yeah so uh so I watched your regretted video. Um, I want to talk about that for a second. T like, oh tell me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not tell me. Tell me. What, uh, where Where are you? Cringy. From like, <laughs> that was Raquel in the experimental stages. That was me in my experimental stages when I was figuring out what do I want my sound to be like. What do I want to say? But in terms of the content of that song, um, shit, that's still Raquel because I'm like. It's based on my experiences. Like I like to approach whatever it is that I have to say in a first person's um, 
through a first person's perspective. I like to personalize everything. Even if I'm the voice for somebody else or a collection of people, I want to take it personal. I want to feel it. I want to say it from my perspective because I feel like having that direct voice is how you're going to connect to people who are um, feeling the same way. You know, so that song was a lot of my experiences, a lot of other experiences of um, others, you know, all grouped into one. So the song, <laughs> the song is about a woman who's fed up of hearing um, the constant apologies. So I don't want to hear that shit anymore. I'm going to spaz the fuck out. Yeah, but there, there's a, there is some truth in that. There, there's some things in that song that's very personal to me like I was in a relationship <laughs> I got cheated on and um when I said in the song he left smelling like Gucci came back smelling like Bath and Body Works that shit actually happened man yeah because when I'm so uh... when I'm in tune with somebody <laughs> yes when I'm in love with you when I'm in tune with you and I'm connected I know all your smell all your little um facial expressions the little inflections in your voice everything like I naturally study you not in a weird creepy stalker way because it comes natural so if your smell changes if you I know how you smell after fucking work and you came back um smelling different with with this thought bath and body work shit all over you of course I'm going to smell that you smell differently so that part actually happened <laughs> Yeah, you don't smell like Bath and Body Works after you've been out with the guys, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, not that the situation happened, but <laughs> no, the story behind it. Um, yeah. It is um, what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a piece of you know got you to here, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, and so, and so right. tell me, tell tell me about the sacrilege uh, video. I mean, you told me about kind of being um, uh, raised re religious, and um, and so tell me kind of about how this video came about and um, and where you're at with it right now. Okay, so my mom's a preacher, and um, man, and when I decided to talk about this to approach this, I um, it was it was very hard for me because I'd have to explain this to my mother. Not only is my mom a preacher, like that side of my family is very, very religious. Like I grew up in church with my family members being bishop, elders, evangelists, pastors, reverend, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like I grew up super, super religious. But as a child, there were things in the Bible that I questioned that didn't quite make sense or the explanations I was given didn't quite make sense. And growing up and reading now and researching and studying history, I started seeing that, yo, this shit really does not make any sense whatsoever. Then when I started like divulging into um, understanding slavery, the methods um, that were used for slavery and all of that and how it directly correlates to um, religion specifically christianity i'm like how is all these woke motherfuckers nobody's talking about this shit but everybody's ready to put up their fist and to say all of this which is dope it's nice that we address that but let's go to the root let's address all the things that has enslaved us and has kept us into slavery and religion is one of those things i think racism and religion is two of the worst things that have ever happened to humanity. And those two things are so intertwined. It's so crazy, but it's made 
into such taboo to address these things. Like you can't talk about that because you're blasphemous or this is sacrilegious. So fuck it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it directly and let's put it out there. Let's start a conversation. Let's really address it. You know what I mean? And let's get to the bottom of this so we can change this shit and make it better for um, the next generation so they won't be as messed up as it, as I am in the head. You know what I mean? And other people like me. Yeah. So uh, how does that fit into the whole story that you're telling through your new album? Your new album is called Ignorant, right? Ig- Ignorant, actually. Yeah, Ignorant. Kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the Ignorant is basically addressing ignorance um understanding that we're all ignorant to a lot of things even the people who think they know ignorant is not necessarily ruffling the feathers but creating enough um discomfort to start the conversations so we won't have to be ignorant to each other in order for us to understand each other um we need to talk about some things you know what I mean? We need to get rid of the fear, get rid of the, oh, we can't talk about that. Let's talk about this. Say, like Kanye would say, say it out loud and see how it feels. Let's have these conversations so we don't have to be ignorant anymore. And then we can start being empathetic towards each other. And then, of course, we're going to have some unity and some utopia that we all dream of. But nobody wants to really talk about these things. Do you sit and talk to somebody who's misogynistic or sexist or some super religious person or an atheist and a preacher sit down and have a conversation or a racist and I'm a black person or an Asian person sit and have a conversation? Do we actually do that? Or are we just going to address these things on our little private platforms and take little jabs and not really talk about them? Let's talk about it, you know? So that's what the record is about. We're all ignorant to something. And we are all mad about something and we all want to rant about something. Let's do that. And then after that, when we get it all out there, we come to some sort of understanding. Let's love on each other and then unify. Yeah. And and I get the sense that that's kind of what you're trying to do through your, I mean, through your music as a whole, right? I mean, I uh, I saw an interview you did, yeah. I think a handful of years ago, and, and it, you said something that I thought was really powerful. You said, I want to revolutionize music and bring it back to being art. Yeah. Yeah, oh man, that 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 has so that statement has got so many layers for me. Um and as time progresses, um it gains some more. So that means so much to me on so many levels, you know. On on a on a purely creative um level right yeah i don't find a lot of this shit creative anymore it doesn't appeal to me creatively nobody sits and write anymore nobody think about what they want to say nobody research um the, the the context or the content that they're trying to use anymore see i'm a visual artist so i have that approach to music as well where i need to be thorough i needed to be creative i need to um have knowledge of whatever is it i'm saying I need to study the demographics, see what my audience is. You know what I mean? I need to put something out that's fire. People aren't doing that much anymore. You know, that's why I don't I, I don't really listen to music anymore. So that's one. And in 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 um from a different perspective now, another layer of that for me is that 
man, we got to bring it back to where the focus is on the art and what the art does. You know what I mean? For me, yeah. the artists that I've studied, both visual and musical artists, were from somewhere where it was about the art and not all oh, these personas, these people, what their personal lives are. Let's bring it back to the art. Because the art in itself, by itself, is so fucking powerful more than all the other distractions surrounding the art. You know what I mean? So, and we want to bring it back to where we talk about some real shit too. You know, it's fine that it's all fun and the bubblegum shit and we rock to it in the club, but we need something that can do, that can transcend religion and politics. And music has always been that thing. Art has always been that thing that, that does that. You know, we need to bring it back to that where it has that power to do what other people fail to do because that's a gift to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sarko, I have, I think, one more question for you. Uh, and uh, you, you have a unique experience, you know, that uh, we don't get a lot on the, uh, the sort of podcast that I do, <laughs> and that is you were uh, in, uh, <laughs> Miss Universe to make a 2012 runner-up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, tell me about that experience <laughs> for you and kind of going through that. I know you've done a lot of modeling as uh, as well, but how did how was that experience? <laughs> okay, so. How did that experience come about? I was at a club one night in Jamaica and I met the franchise holder of the pageant who um, decided to tell me that, you know, I think you could enter this pageant and you could win. And I was like, the fuck are you saying? I'm an edgy chick with a mohawk and I wear a leather jacket and I have a potty mouth. Like the pageant isn't looking for that shit. He's like, no, you walked in there and you were beautiful. You stole the room. And that's what we're looking for, a presence and a personality and beauty. And I was, I laughed in his face. I went home and I told my boyfriend at the time, and he basically said to me, um, you're not that kind of beauty, you know that. I jokingly said, what do you think of me entering the pageant? Now, that cut deep for me because in Jamaica, we don't have religion, I'm, sorry, we don't have racism, we have classism, mm. right? So we have a history of classism. So I know what that means. Typically they choose beauty queens who um, are of a lighter shade and who look a certain way and is a certain kind of poise that is more socially acceptable. So I know that that comment stemmed from that, right? So I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it as a deer. And I'm yeah. gonna do it and I'm gonna be myself while I'm doing it. So while I was doing it too, I was completing myself. I was in art school at the time. So I'd be showing up to my rehearsal in ripped jeans, but I was completely myself in every way because it was almost like a joke somewhat for me. It was almost like a joke, but then it got real for me because I was like, this is a platform too where I can inspire women to be like, hey, aside from the fact that we don't control what we look like, it doesn't all have to be superficial. And you can have a platform while being your complete self. And then I did it and that was the result. Yeah. And and so going through, I mean, did you, I mean, you got down to the last two, right? So, did, I mean, you was there a PC that yeah. you're like, okay, wow, I, I might actually win this. Uh, like, this is crazy. I just went in as a joke. Um. Yeah, and it was funny to me while I was doing that. But in my head, the serious part for me was that, yo, if I do win, I'm going to use this platform. Um, that could possibly go against a lot of what this pageantry stood for, you know. 
the whole idea of pageantry. And then I was modeling for a few years. So I was like, if I win, that could be cool. Um, I could have a platform, but maybe it was it all worked out for the best that I didn't win. And the girl who won, and also the girl who was third, we're all friends. So it was um cool. I met some cool people, and I still have a platform that I've always wanted. Maybe if I had won in that time, I would have been very censored and I would not yeah. be able to be my complete self <laughs> and the resistance that I would have gotten but yeah it was a cool fun experience oh well, that's really cool uh well Raquel, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time today I uh, I appreciate it it was uh, a lot of fun chatting with you and <laughs> hearing about uh, yeah it the was so much fun talking to you Steve yeah, yeah well, I, it was my I pleasure. Mean, thank you for having me of course and hopefully we get concerts back you know sometime next year and uh, oh god i'm dying yeah i am freaking dying i can't wait man i can't i can't be just doing this stuff and i don't intend to perform to my computer or my phone i want to feel the energy of the audience again i want them to feel me i want concerts to come back so quickly (sighs) yeah you you and me both fingers crossed we just gotta (laughs) (laughs) gotta get past it right yeah yeah. Still trying to be optimistic. That's all we can do. Be po- be safe. Be positive, and look out for you know the people around us and, and everything. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you have a great rest of your day, then, uh, Raquel, and good luck with the album uh, when it uh, when it comes out. Do can you tell me the release date again? Um, man, we haven't officially set a release date, but it should be mm-hmm. March, the latest. Okay. We'll announce so, it as soon as we've decided on with the with the uncertainty with this COVID thing, tentatively it's March. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm sure you're ready for it to be out and get to share your music with the world and uh, can't I'll wait to hearing it when it does come out. So, <laughs> thank you right. so much, Steve. Thank you for yep. having me. That was the interview with Raquel Jones here on Concert Pipeline and Jens. That takes us to the final segment on the program. What is it? Well, it's our segment that we have on every program. Almost every program. As long as there's music news, we will deliver the music news. I think maybe there was one or there were one or two times where where the music news was so scarce we really had to reach for some content that was remotely interesting but those are dark times Jens those are dark times (laughs) unfortunately we're not in those dark times at the moment (laughs) no we each have a couple of stories to share about what's going on in the music world as we wind out 2020 and uh Jens my first story is about Iggy Pop okay uh you know Iggy Iggy Pop all right yes uh so uh, so he shared a COVID-19 song that he made um, called Dirty oh. Little Virus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. And so um, it begins, COVID-19 is on the scene. Other lyrics include grandfather's dead, got Trump instead. And uh, <laughs> she, she's only 19, but she can kill you. Um, <laughs> and... I need to know more. <laughs> so in a video about the song, questions. He, well, Iggy can answer some of these questions. Uh, Iggy said, I was moved to write a direct lyric, not something too emotional or deep, more like journalism. 
he concluded, uh, if there was still a man of the year, it would be the virus. So I wrote the lyric. Um, and uh, let me see here. He released his album Free last year. He recently teamed up with Elvis Costello for No Flag en Francais. Uh, so you can check out uh, Iggy Pop's uh, Dirty Little Virus and hear some of that goodness, I guess. Um, sweet, 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 sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah let me uh, look something up really quick. Yeah, it's good to know that people aren't just, you know, depressed as hell and doing nothing, you know, stuck at home, um, but tapping into their creative juices and coming out with some content. Yeah, getting getting creative and uh, people love people love a song about Corona, don't they? They do. Yeah, gotta sing about the Rona. Yeah, you okay, song for, awesome. I, I mean, got, you don't yeah, have a song, you have a story. Uh, you don't want me to sing. You don't want no. me to sing. No, 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 no. <laughs> I do. I do. All right, ready for my story? And this story hopefully does not require me to subscribe to Vanity Fair. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I got a story about Eric Clapton and Van Morrison. Mm. What are they up to? Probably some good stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. You know, some big names here. Um, so they are all about releasing their anti-mask anthem. Oh, okay. So they got a coronavirus song too. And it sounds like they're uh, really supportive of, you know, doing the safe, responsible thing. Do tell. I, I'm thinking so. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, this is, these are Rona masks, you know, like Vader helmets or something. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Eric Clapton and Van Morrison, both age. Drum roll, please. Want to take a guess? 75. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. They're both 75. Okay. And therefore, at 220 times, 220 times, dude, the risk of death from COVID-19 compared to people 18 to 29 who have released, um, oh, okay, whatever. So yes, so they are 220 times more likely to die than the people between the ages of 18 and 20. That's pretty fucking crazy. That puts, really puts things into perspective, huh? Yeah. Um, you know what? And I'm sure the old people, I mean, I'm sure the young people uh, in that age group might be thinking more along the lines of, oh, they're so old, they're going to die anyway. Give us the vaccine, right? Fuckers. Okay. So um, they've released, <laughs> they've released a blues rock track raging, ragging, sorry, I can't read ragging against public health codes uh, it is raging is it raging it's raging like, ragging? ragging like, is, like well i don't know what rag ragging is on yet. you man it, yeah I, yeah I, ragging would have two g's so we have two g's yeah i knew i wasn't saying that right like what's ragging is that some word i don't know about anyway raging thank you raging <laughs> against not the machine but public health codes so, quote, stand and deliver, unquote, written by Morrison and sung by Clapton includes couplets like, do you want to be a free man? And, uh, or do you want to be a slave? And, or um, do you want to wear these chains? Well, um, until you're lying there in the grave. 
Mm, okay, that's deep. That's really deep. Uh, that's like I have to I study that for a while to really yeah. sink in. Okay, that's that's intense. Okay. It continues, uh, Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, the Constitution, what is it worth? You know, they're gonna grind us down until it really hurts. Is this a sovereign, a sovereign nation or just a police state? You better look out, people, before it gets too late. Yeah, should we listen to a, a clip of this song, Jens? Yes, please. Okay. That's rocking. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Go Clapton. <laughs> I guess. I mean, <laughs> so, that, so they're saying, yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty killer. So, um, I, I mean, it might kill her. Uh, it might. Kill yeah, her. literally. Like they might be killer. Yeah, they're. Yeah, they're they're standing out against wearing masks, huh? They, I guess so, yeah. So uh, the phrase stand and deliver is associated with highwaymen, uh, suggesting that Morrison and Clapton feel that governments scrambling to keep their populations alive are somehow stealing from them. The track mm. concludes with the line, Dick Turpin wore a mask too. Turpin was an 18th century British criminal known for highway robbery. So they're bringing in the history, huh? Yeah, apparently. History. Yeah. 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 So the song was released just as a new and faster spreading COVID strain was identified in the UK. Yeah, I saw that in the news just a couple days ago. I did. Uh, I heard 40%, about that today. Yeah, increase in cases from just one week ago. 40%, dude. That's nuts, man. So, um, so yeah, you know, we have that nastiness to look forward to. All sorts of mutations. Oh, man, um, it's okay. But good. It's, yeah, yeah. It's good to get content from them. Um, I guess. <laughs> Can we get a song about wearing masks? I mean, like, it, yeah. I mean, is all of this about anti-masking? I mean, is this seriously yeah. like? Are they both not into masks? I mean, that's what this is saying to me, Jens. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if they're just, if this is a message that they're delivering and not their personal beliefs, or if they both personally believe that wearing masks is ridiculous. I would say that by them singing a song about not wearing masks, that they believe it's ridiculous, probably, right? They don't want to be chained up. They don't want to be held down. So they want to die. I mean, but I they. <laughs> okay no vaccine for them right? seriously no I, you know people that don't want to wear masks should not be vaccinated that's where right. i stand on that <laughs> yeah, this is rules. that's all my right. rules <sighs> all right guys well anyway next story I'm give it a listen so eminem is wholeheartedly sorry to rihanna for a leaked chris brown rap uh so um, he used his reissued album music to be murdered by uh, to publicly apologize to Rihanna following the leak of an old rap in which he appeared to side with her abuser, Chris Brown. Do you remember that whole situation? 
Yes, yes, I do, I do, I do. Okay, so it's a seven second clip and it was report reportedly recorded during sessions for his 2009 album Relapse and it hit headlines last year after it was uploaded online by a Reddit user. Uh, but in, in the leaked footage, um, uh, Eminem suggested he can understand why Brown lashed out at his then girlfriend for following a pre-Grammy party in 2009, rapping, I'd side with Chris Brown, I'd beat down a bitch too, seemingly referring to Chris and Rihanna's physical altercation. Mm. Um, at the time of the leak, Eminem's representative insisted that the verse was scrapped almost as soon as the rapper had recorded it over a decade ago and claimed the hip hop star has a great relationship with Rihanna, who he has collaborated with on hits including Love the Way You Lie and Monster. Um, and now, Jens, on the track Zeus, one of the 16 new songs added to the revamped music by To Be Murdered By, he expressed heartfelt remorse for uh, ever uttering the words. Um, even if it's a seven hmm. second clip, clip, man, I mean, it's too much, right? So. Yeah, right, um, yeah, some people are so nitpicky. So here's what he rapped. Uh, but me, long as I re-promise to be honest and wholeheartedly apologizes, Rihanna, for that song that leaked, I'm sorry, Rui. It wasn't meant to cause you grief. Regardless, it was wrong of me. Uh, Rihanna has yet to comment on the leak clip or the song apology. Pretty much, she don't give a shit. I don't think she's going to be working with him anymore. So, do people actually like just stare at their phones, waiting for, for replies <laughs> from these artists? You know, <laughs> please, please reply. Please reply. Hasn't tweeted yeah. yet. Hasn't tweeted a response yet. Oh my god, it's been banned. Yes. Oh my god, who cares? Okay. Yes, I. Uh, I have to give you a new story because I just read yours. <laughs> yes, you did. But that's okay. I'm going to talk about the Lumineers. Do do talk about the Lumineers. Yes, yes. Um, the Lumineers share their version of Silent Night. Ooh, okay. So this is nice. Lumineers, who were just on our program a few weeks back, will remind our viewing audience and listeners <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, they, they have a new version of Silent Night, huh? They do. You know what? And uh, the first question that comes to mind is, is their version of Silent Night better than Eric Cartman's version? Eric Cartman. Okay. From South Park, huh? Yeah. You remember when he kept on getting cattle prodded? Yeah, he was I forced to sing Silent Night in front of the class. He didn't know the lyrics. He kept on getting cattle prodded every time he made a mistake. So he was getting more anxious. Somehow he made it through the song. You know, he probably was electrocuted at least a dozen times. And then he had to sing the whole thing again, the, you know, again in mm. French. No good. Freaking well, hilarious skit. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is about the Lumineers. I, I'm sure there's no electrocution involved uh, in this. Probably not. Uh, so let's see, um, they've released their take on the classic and they will be donating all of the proceeds to help music venues impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. I love that artists that have the ability to do this are doing it because these music venues are getting hit. It's not talked about enough. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and obviously there's no way they're going to get the support that's needed. We can all we can do is hope that you know that, that there's an end to some and that these venues survive in some capacity to right. get back get back out to shows, you know. Exactly, they're not going to get major bailouts by the government, you know. They're they're not an airline or some essential thing, 
You know, like, I mean, we've, we've lost, we lost a great one. Slims. Yep. Slims. Yep. We lost a good one there. Uh, so the group announced that they, uh, that they all, that all proceeds from the streaming of the recording for an entire year will be donated to National Independence Venue Association, NIVA Emergency Relief Fund. I'm sure there will be a lot of proceeds in March and April. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. A lot of people are going to be, you know, listening to it then. Uh, they had this to say. Uh, venues have gone silent all across the country. I love how they use the word silent. Mm -hmm. It's so relevant mm -hmm. in that song, right? That's a segue. <laughs> the segue. Uh, all across the country and world because of the pandemic. Hope is on the horizon and we believe we'll be playing again in 2021. And I would just like to go back to my previous comment, um, which strongly suggested that 2021 is not coming. It's just going to be a continuation of 2020. Mm -hmm. They don't, they didn't know that though. You, they hadn't heard this episode of Concert Pipeline and you know, exactly. how you, yeah. That's right. So I believe, I believe them. I believe that things will get better in 2021. I just don't believe that 21, 2021 is coming next month. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, but independent venues <laughs> need our help to survive that long. Uh, don't let the venues remain silent forever. Save our stages. Save our stages. Dude, I am pumped. I want to go out there and just pick it in front of, I don't know what, like save our just stages. Just pick it in front of something? Okay. In front we'll of the there. virus. Yeah, save our stages. Get the hell out of here, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you stream our song, Silent Night, all proceeds will go to this thing, so check it out. Check it out. Well, let's check it out a little clip yeah. of it, shall we? Why don't you play it? Let me skip ahead just a little bit. That's sweet. I feel like you need to play. <laughs> get your get your lighter out. <laughs> exactly. Go stream it a hundred times. Uh, yeah, so go stream it a hundred times. Is it okay if I play just a few seconds of Eric Cartman's version of this? <laughs> okay, you're gonna compare. Yeah, so you may play a uh, is, Wait a minute, is Silent Night and Oh Holy Night the same thing? Or is that different? No, no, those are different, kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whatever, same shit. Holy Night. Oh, Holy Night. I'm gonna give one of you children this camera. And if Eric forgets any words, you hear this? Gotta follow rules. Mm 
He's doing pretty good, right? It's wonderful. Makes it up, right? <laughs> and down the toilet, his performance goes. Down it goes. Also worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what performance is not going down the toilet, Yanis? Your rendition of Silent Night. No, no. Uh, Dave Grohl's cover of Little Drummer Boy with the bird and the bee. Oh, my favorite all-time Christmas song. Yes, and uh, so... And how appropriate for Dave Grohl, him being a drummer. Yes, um, but not the drummer that Nandy is, right? So <laughs> Right, yes. <laughs> but, but, but he'll be okay. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about it over the past two weeks. Um, he released eight cover songs by Jewish artists for the Hanukkah Sessions Project with Greg Kirsten this month. Uh, which is really awesome. Definitely go check those out. Um, but uh, he uh, teamed up with the producer once more for a performance of Little Drummer Boy. Um, the, and they, uh, he also joined Greg and uh, Inara George, who form uh, pop duo The Bird and the Bee uh, on Jimmy Kimmel Live to tackle the festive class classic and um, Dave headlining behind the kid and serving quite literally as the song's drummer boy, as you pointed out, right? Uh, so um, in other Christmas-related news, Dave Grohl um, revealed an interesting festive story involving mushrooms. He grew up in a house that was really small and every Christmas night, people just knew to come over to the Grohl's little house. We would all just sit around, listen to music and drink and stuff like that. Uh, by the time I was like 14 or 15, now I'm in a punk rock band and my punk rock friends are coming over. Then my mom's teacher friends are coming over. And then my sister, I mean, we lived in a small little neighborhood and everyone just knew to come over. So this one year, God, I shouldn't be telling this story. He said, this one year, I think I was like 15 or something like that. My friend gave me mushrooms for Christmas, right? I'd never <laughs> taken them before. So I thought, okay, I probably shouldn't take them at this party because all my mother's friends are coming over, right? Uh, they're <laughs> teachers at the school that I go to. I, I know these people. I've known for a long time. Nevertheless, he decided I'll take a little bit before the party anyway. I was out of my fucking mind, uh, he joked. So much so, one of the teachers from the school pulled me into the bathroom at one point. I was like, are you doing cocaine? I was like, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So then, so, that so teacher then must have been talking from personal experience. It's like, hey, right. it's like cocaine symptoms. I know this. So then, after everyone left, I uh, stayed up and tried to learn the Zeppelin song "Bron Yar," uh, that acoustic thing, until like six o'clock in the morning. Never figured it out. I thought I figured it out, but I didn't really figure it out. Uh, <laughs> so that was his uh, uh, his story. But wait a minute, he's uh, on the drums doing this. No, this is he was on the shrooms doing this. Uh, uh, but what, how was he figuring it out? On the which instrument was he playing? Oh, I don't know. Probably guitar or something like that. Yeah, um, if it was drums, I mean, I, I would think like unless the entire rest of the family was passed out, like they'd want to tell him to shut up. It was loud. Probably. Um, let's listen to a clip of uh, the uh, Little Drummer Boy featuring Dave Grohl and the Bird and the Beast. Thank you. 
Beautiful, dude. Beautiful. And I've got this to say about that. What do you have to say? That rendition of my favorite Christmas song has just the right amount of cowbell in it. Yeah, just enough? <laughs> no more cowbell no required. More cowbell? No that more? was perfect. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, but Jens, that's our show for today. That's it. That's what we Is got. Is that the last show of the year? No, I think we have one more. Uh, I can't commit 100%, but I think we'll, we'll have Charming Liars on next week. And uh, that'll be our winding out of the end of the year show. Uh, so we had quite a 2020. We'll, we'll reminisce a little bit next, next week about some of the highs and uh, subsequent lows <laughs> that, that, that happened. Yeah. Uh, let me write down some of the highs. Uh, done. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, that was quick. we'll have to we'll have to recap that uh, ne next week in, uh, in the episode. So, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. So we can, yeah, we'll wind down, uh, you know, the year uh, in that episode, and we'll, you know, bring in the thirteenth month of twenty twenty. It sounds like a plan. So I uh, want to say Merry Christmas, everybody who celebrates. Uh, quite a year it's been. Hopefully, everybody's being safe and. You, you can tip back the nog at home this uh, this year. You're not going out and getting crazy. But I've been tipping uh, back the nog for like the last hour. Attaboy. Uh, so for all of us here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jen Schiphol. And that's Steve Jones. Happy holidays. We'll catch you next time.